I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome back to Red Side of the Trent for the preview show where we take uh, an insight for our next opponents and joining me I'm delighted to welcome Chris Bud from My Old Man Said podcast. Chris how are you? You well? I'm very well are you? Yeah not too bad thank you very much. Um, how was the weekend? Obviously beat Luton quite comfortably whereas we threw routine. away to Moline. <laughs> yes yeah really routine. It sounded like you missed your chances and we took ours and then just controlled the game. It was a uh... We, I expected a much harder game, to be honest. I thought they'd come and maybe have a go, and they just didn't at all. It was, it felt like a pre-season friendly after an hour. Well, we didn't, we they didn't really have a go at us until we gifted them their goals. So you know, roundabouts two 0 I mean, we, we gifted them a goal. To be fair, it was a pretty calamitous own goal that one. <laughs> yeah, um, Villa obviously after a rough opening game for the season to Newcastle United, where. It looked like you were at sixes and sevens, obviously losing Tyrone Mings in, in the process of that for the whole season. You've not really yeah. looked back other than the Liverpool game, have you? No, I mean, you, you often get those weird games, don't you, on the opening day where you, you kind of... We didn't actually play horrendously badly. I think the obviously losing Mings was just like a massive loss. Of course, we'd lost Buendia in the midweek before as well. So we'd lost sort of two heavy hitters in the first week of the season and we already had Moreno and Ramsey out and we'd lost Ashley Young from the year before. So you kind of had lost five starters from the team that had got us into Europe pretty much. Um, Newcastle caught us on a good day, as it were, for them. You know, they were very clinical, but I don't necessarily think it was a 5-1 game. The Anfield game, I was really impressed with Liverpool, actually. Um, But again, we missed chances. We missed chances at St James's. We missed chances at Anfield. And then in the other games, as soon as we seem to get the first one, the second seems to come... uh, Pretty soon afterwards, and we've tended to control games pretty well, other than a you know a couple of games in Europe where I think we've been a little bit hit and miss, and then we seem to have got our you know our European shooting boots on as well last week. Yeah, I mean, I've not watched you too much in Europe. Have you kind of been rot- rotating the side and giving up yeah. players minutes, like players like John yeah, Duran we... and, and people like that? Yeah, we. I think the first game we were over in uh, Warsaw, we were playing Legia Warsaw. 
and they've obviously got European pedigree. And I think I think we underestimated them a little bit. They'd, you know, they've, I think they'd lost something like one game at home all year, and we just thought we could kind of like bowl into town and roll them over with a second string side. And, and of course, we didn't. Even though we should have got out of there with a draw, really. Again, we missed chances, but we were we just got sucker punched on the break and played into their hands a little bit. I think that was a bit of a learning curve. And then we played Mostar kind of fumbled our way through that one and won it with a late one. But then when we went to Alkmaar last week, you know, we absolutely flattened them and just, they couldn't lay a glove on us, to be honest. The game was done after sort of an hour. So even though we've had like a busy week of games, we've had three and seven days, we've actually had the games wrapped up, you know, with plenty of time to spare. Yeah. From from a Villa perspective, how difficult is it to not be excited about this current side and, and how your trajectory has gone since Emery's come in? Because... I mentioned on our pod from the Liverpool week, from the weekend against Liverpool, and, and looking into this game a little bit with uh, with the Lover lads, is I think Emery's the best manager outside of Pep and uh, Pep and Klopp, in my opinion. His pedigree is, 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 is ridiculous. So how hard is it? That. Yeah. So so going back to my initial question, how hard is it not to get too excited and kind of almost? Well, you've got to be confident, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. I, in, in, is it hard to not? If, History suggests there's always a bump in the road with the Villa because we've tend to, tended to have this like tendency to shoot ourselves in the foot. But a lot of fans, for example, before the Luton game, were thinking this would be typical Villa to lose that to lose this game. And then we just, it was so easy. And I think there's been a few moments in the course of Emery's tenure where you kind of think that the slip-up's going to happen. And then it doesn't because games like when you know, when Forest came to Villa Park towards the end of last season was a prime example. You know, a game you should win and a Potentially a difficult one and a bit of a banana skin, but we kind of got through the game and we, we find a way, even if we don't play well. Whereas this season, we've tended to be playing quite well. Our level has been quite high and we're very clinical, you know, in front of goal. So, yeah, it's difficult. But I also think that the fans are a are, are sort of, they're trying to keep a level level head, but also knowing that, well, we know where our bar's set now. So, because the expectation's that much higher, we're, we're playing well, but we also expect them to be playing to a certain extent in the way we are. Um, as opposed to you know having a little purple patch where you necessarily punch above your weight, this this isn't you know the long term forecast for Emery is that we've been very good for a, the best part of a year now. So this isn't a fluke, and it's not a um, you know a, a short little run of games. Even though obviously we you know we've won twelve on the bounce at home, which is an amazing run. But um, this this is kind of who we are, I think now. You know, to, to varying degrees, you know, there's going to be peaks and troughs and. You're going to have bad days at the office, but generally speaking, we are a, we're in the mix now. Yeah, it's it's funny because when you say about a bump in the road, I, I watched the game against Brighton because it was a midday kickoff, and I thought this is going to be an absolute cracker. It's going to be back and forth. <laughs> you just absolutely I thought the same. I thought exactly them. the same. And Ollie Watkins scored me so many points for my fantasy team. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like, we've had yeah, a few, we've had a few games like that, you know, like you know the West Ham game. I thought that was against the team who we thought were going to be in and amongst us. We battered them. Brighton got it handed to them, good and proper. Even we went to Chelsea, and I thought Chelsea would vastly improve this season at some point. I think everyone's still waiting to maybe see if they click, but we went there and got the win as well. So three of the sides you thought would be maybe in and amongst us, we've kind of dispatched pretty well. I mean, we beat Chelsea, so that's no mean feat. Let's come. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, let, let's just talk about Unai Emery because obviously there's a, there's an, obviously the whole meme of him being at Arsenal and not kind of 
doing really well. My mate pointed out to me quite funnily enough. I can't believe I'd never made this connection, but it seems to any team he's got where he's got Villa in it, he seems to do well. Obviously, Sevilla yeah. and Villarreal being previous clubs, but how incredible has his influence been on the team, really? I mean, it's night and day, isn't it? Even like for neutrals, or even probably people who didn't like Villa when Steven Gerrard was there. You, you just you see what a, a group a good group of players we had, even under Gerrard, really. But it shows what you can do when you put an adult in charge and you don't have a you know a, a rookie manager who tactically hasn't got a clue at Premier League, you know, or sort of you know at a much higher level. You know, you've come from Scotland where you've kind of walked it with Rangers in a season when Celtic were probably the worst they've ever been. Um, I think he kind of got a bit ahead of himself and thought it was the finished product when he wasn't. And he kind of showed that. I mean, geez, you know, towards the end of his tenure, the game at um, the reverse of this fixture last year, you know, the game at the City ground was one of the worst games of football I think I've ever watched. Oh, it, oh I did, I couldn't tell you what, what Villa were trying to do. To be fair, I couldn't really tell no. you what Forest were trying to do other than well, that was like, the thing, try, 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 and be, try and be resolute a little bit. Yep. It was a game that Villa should have won. And yet we still just sort of, fumbled the game it was like it was an awful performance from both sides it was just such a bad spectacle for the Premier League um and he was already you know under pressure at that point but Emery you know he knocked him into shape pretty quickly and I think the fact that he won his first game against Man United and then he went I think it was Brighton the second game and we won that just before that World Cup break it just set us up it pulled us away from the bottom and I think the players kind of calmed down they sort of thought okay we we're in the mix again now and we are you know, sort of, we've been we've been managed by a guy who knows how to get the best out of us already, and then slowly but surely, he put his own stamp on the team. And then obviously this summer they they bought very very well. You know, mm-hmm. players like Diaby, Pau Torres, etc., have come in done really well. Um, and, you know, and obviously the running spoke for itself. You know, from where we were when he took over to then getting into Europe is kind of you know it speaks for itself. And um, you know, with his European pedigree and everything else, I just think he's. You know, you're right in saying put it that way, in that he, he is probably a bit just behind Guardiola and Klopp. And they've kind of won the big prizes that back up their abilities. Emery is, is number three for me. I mean, yeah, people might scoff at that kind of statement because you think, oh, Pochettino and, and Arteta. But, 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 neither, but of have, neither of them have won anything. That's, yeah, that's, that would that'd be literally my, 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 my starting argument. Like, let's get his CV out and look at what he's won. I mean, he's won about a million and, and, Europa and yeah. <laughs> what he's won and who he's won it with, you know, because Sevilla yeah. are not like a big spending team compared to like a Premier League side. You know, the last few years they've been raided. Villarreal, he got, you know, a, a very kind of small market team. You know, the, the town that their team's in is tiny. It's a very yeah. small football club and they've, you know, punched above their weight consistently for a while. So it can't be a, it, it can't just be luck when you consistently compete with teams that, you know, in a league where you've got Barca and Real who just flatten everyone, obviously. Up until recently, you would have had sort of Valencia, Atletico Madrid as well. So the fact that you've taken sides like that to win trophies consistently means that, you know, you you do deserve a certain amount of respect. And I think that, you know, he had a really difficult gig, didn't he, under Ar- um, at Arsenal after Wenger, where, you know, yeah. a bit like Moyes at Old Trafford, where you're the guy after the main guy who's been there a long time. And I think he was on a hiding to nothing. And the press sort of hounded him, frankly. Um, and kind of he became a bit of a caricature and, and sort of, you know, his English obviously wasn't the best and I think he's acknowledged that and he's kind of come back to Villa and his ability to communicate what he wants to do on and off the field is so much better now and he's brought in his team and I think the, he's kind of let the Villa owners just say, we trust you, go and look after the football side and we'll handle the business side and, and I think because of that, he's kind of got a free reign and you're, you're, seeing the, you're seeing the fruits of that. Yeah, I mean, 
the, the obviously it's took him he's been there a year now so i wouldn't say like this is would you say it's his team now because obviously yes. he's only had like what one summer ante maybe a january as well so but you say yeah yeah you would be who who's who's been like really, you can't say Ollie Watkins right but who's been like really impressive for you uh, this season i think the emergence of Conza at the back has been huge. There's, there's, there's a few, to be honest. There's a lot of, I mean, even like the, you know, the improvement in Bailey and a lot of Villa fans are kind of a bit chalk and cheese on Bailey. But actually, when you look at his stats, his end products there, I think Diaby as a signing has been brilliant. Um, it seems to be the press get it wrong every week. He's, he's, his value seems to go up and up and up with every time a, a member of the mainstream media mentions him. I think he'll be like a hundred million pound player by the end of the season, I'm sure. Well, I mean, he can't seem to actually get what we spent on him. But even And even Douglas Louise has been... He has. Well, he had to. Obviously, we lost Moreno. We were very well stocked at left-back. And there was a sort of a fear for long periods of last season that Dini just couldn't stay fit. We knew he was a good player because, you know, you don't play for France for as long as he did if you're a bad player. You don't play for Barcelona, etc. But he couldn't stay fit. Now he's had a run of games. He's really consistent, mm. both going forward and in defence. He's, he's, you know, he's a different player to Moreno. You know, Moreno's box office and he's lightning quick and he's... Um, you know, he gets to the byline, pulls it back. Dean is more of a sort of on the three quarters and cross it, but he's a, he's just a solid player. Um, I think the emergence of Douglas Louise, who's gone up another level this season, has been fantastic. Um, there's so, there's so many players who've been impressive this season, and 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 I suppose the fact that Emery's knocked over the the whole of his tenure that the improvement in knocking John McGinn into shape now he's become like a real top player where before I think he had all the attributes that he could be a good player and managers tended to like him but he, he wasn't quite delivering and he didn't have the end product now he has and you've seen that from a few players yeah I mean I really like Douglas Rees I think um I said on I've said on another podcast that I do that I think he's not far behind Rodri to be honest in terms of how he is and, and what he can do on the ball as a defensive midfielder but also as someone who goes yeah. for he scores quite a lot of goals for a defensive midfielder. I know he takes set pieces and stuff but he actually does yeah, score no, he does. from open play quite a lot doesn't he Yes I when I said it at the weekend and I it's, I try not to make sort of outlandish statements but I just said about Louise and Kamara that while there's probably individually better players than them, like I think Rod, Rodri, as you said, he's like the main man in that position in the league, and there's a couple of others. As a deep-sitting pair in Louise and Kamara, I think they're the best in the league at the moment. I mean, that's a, a statement, but we've got to talk about Ollie Watkins because he's what he's probably the second best English striker in in the in in the setup at the moment. He's absolutely flying. I mean, what a since since Emery's come in, he's been unbelievable. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. Talk to me. <laughs> well, of course, in the in the January window, quite a few people raised eyebrows when we sold Danny Ings because on paper you'd say you know um, Watkins and Ings as either a duo or as you know a sort of an interchangeable lone striker is a really good bit of firepower to have, and. We were kind of worrying a little bit. They think, oh no, are we are we gonna, you know, if Watkins gets in injuries, we you know, we're screwed now. But then I think Watkins sort of took the took the bait a little bit and said, right, I'm the main man now. And he got confidence from Emery just backing him. And then he went, you know, he went on that fantastic scoring run last season. He had a little bit of a barren spell right at the end of the season, and then he hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. Into, into this season. But once he's sort of got his shooting boots, um, he's been great. And he's, I think the good thing about him is when he doesn't score goals, he still assists. Yeah. So I think he's got it's something like 15, I think 15 goal involvements, be it goals or assists this season, which is fantastic. And that's what yeah. you want, isn't it, from your forward players, where if, if teams are, you know, if teams are kind of, marking him out of the game, he still makes things happen. I think that's what's good about him, though, because he used to play as a winger primarily mm. for, for for Exeter City and then Brentford. And then he, he was kind of a winger to start with at, at Villa. And then he kind of con- converted into that centre-forward. I guess that's why he can produce assists and stuff. So it kind of works in, in your favour. But would you say that there's maybe a weakness in terms of depth at Villa? So say if like the, the spine of your team got picked up injuries... Would you would you would you worry about that, or or have you got enough cover in terms of like John Duran, Tielemans? Um, I'm trying to think. You got Diego Carlos still, I think, amongst the ranks, yeah. haven't you? If he's come back, yeah, in Chambers. We've we've got a lot of depth. I think most teams are going to struggle. What I would say is, we're fifth in the table with a good gap now, and that's without Ramsey Moreno. You know, Mings, Buendia, who are all start, who are all starters last year, and we're all big, big players for us. So. I think the fact that we're where we are now suggests that these are the guys that we've got depth. I mean, I think, you know, if you, if you were to get additional injuries at this point, then yes. But I think you'd probably be quite unlucky if you started losing additional, you know, big players for you. I, I'd, I'd probably say if you were to lose Watkins or Martinez, you know, you're, you're going to be asking questions then. But then I think it would be very difficult for any team to replace those kind of players, you know, your main striker or your first choice goalkeeper, other than maybe someone like Arsenal, who've obviously got two, two very good goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, the, go on, sorry. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, when you, I know Moreno and Ramsey are due back fairly soon, probably after the next international break, when you know, Mings is probably season is written off. Buendia, hopefully we'll have him back for sort of, uh, you know, maybe after Christmas, sort of February, March time. For the running, which would be great, just to have him back in the rotation. Um, yeah. but, you know, the fact that we can bring Tielemans off the bench, who hasn't even been particularly good yet, who has obviously been a really class player in the Premier League the last few years, sort of shows the development since we came into the league and now the depth we've got. You know, we've you know we you know even at the weekend, you're bringing Bailey off the bench, you're bringing Tielemans off the bench, you're bringing Diego Carlos, who has played Champions League football. We've got you know, really really good players, and then even a, a little spattering of. Pretty good youngsters as well. Yeah, I mean, I really like Jacob Ramsey. I thought he was so impressive for the under twenty ones in the summer until Brilliant. he got his injury. Um, the, the one surprise that was 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 yeah, the, the one surprise I had in the summer was the departure of Cameron Archer because I thought at Middlesbrough he was really good and with you qualifying for the Conference League, I thought he might be the ideal rotational player. Obviously, gone with. With this John Durano, I don't know a great deal about, to be honest. I know he scored a fair few goals, though. Would you surprised about Archer leaving? I know you've got a buyback, buyback clause, though, on Yeah, him. we we do. I think what it was, he's very similar to Watkins, so he doesn't offer you anything different when Watkins is fit. I think he's a sort of a fox-in-the-box type player, but he, he doesn't have the all-round game of 
Watkins and he's probably not physical enough to just like Duran's a big lad. You know, he's he's built and he plays more like a sort of a Benteke type player when we had him. So he's very different. So you can utilize him in a different way. And I and I think with Archer, the it was similar with uh, Aaron Ramsey that from an FFP point of view, when a team like Sheffield United offers you sort of 18 million quid for a guy who's barely kicked a ball in the Premier League, I think you've got to take it. You know, the, I think the offer was just too good. And they're like, wow, we can actually make 18 million profit. It looks great on the you know the PL sheet. The same with Archer. Um, sorry, the same with Ramsey who went to Burnley for sort of 14 million. You factor that in with Chuck Maweka, who left last season for 20 to Chelsea. You know, none of them have been doing anything really at their clubs. It turns out I'd, I'd say in, you know it's very easy to say in hindsight, but I think even at the time we thought that's actually the right time to go. go. You know, Archer's 22, he's not going to start games. Um, I think it was the right deal. To be honest, he had to he had to go when he did. There's definitely something in the water in Birmingham because bloody talent coming out of the eyeballs, even yeah. at, even at the even at the blue side of, of, of yeah, with obviously with, uh, well. yeah, with young Bellingham winning the uh, the award last night. Well, even his brother's doing all right at Sunderland. So I mean, but like yeah, Villa have always had a good academy. I thought the one I thought was going to come through was Louis Barry, and he's like dwindling in at Stockport on loan by the looks of it. But yeah, well, he's been he's been banging the goals in actually. He kind of disappeared last year. He was I think it was at MK Dons and Salford maybe. And right. he's just he's just had a really bad injury, so he's going to be out for a while. I know he had an operation um, today. Right. A really, I think it was a hamstring tear, but he'd been he's something like six in six he'd scored there. So we just started to sort of spark back into life, obviously having been at Barcelona. Yeah. Um, but so what's the aim for this season for Villa? Is it is it try and qualify? Are you, are you kind of looking at Champions League or or or, or are you I think kind so. of to, yeah? I think so. I, I suppose um, you've got to do, yeah. like fourth place is definitely up for grabs. I think for Villa, realistically, fourth is tough, but fifth is doable. So where we are right now, it's because obviously the likelihood of fifth being a Champions League spot this season. Yeah. It sort of it opens up an opportunity, and I just look at the teams, and there are teams, of course, who can get better. But I just look at sort of you know Chelsea, Man United, West Ham, Brighton, and at the moment we are better than them, and yeah. we've got good squad depth. Um, so I think the goal would be, even if you don't get Champions League, you want to be Europa League next season. You want to be in a better competition. So you you know you're sort of, you're going to be wanting to finish fifth or sixth, and you're probably going to want to have a run in the Conference League, which I think if we if we take it seriously and we can kind of win our group and manage our squad, there's no reason why we can't win that. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. I mean, I, I think, think you, you have to be ambitious, well. don't I think, yeah, you have to be ambitious this year because Chelsea and Man U, at some point, they will get their house in order. The fact that Tottenham have got better this season means they're back in the mix, which, of course, they weren't. Yeah, they were beneath us last year. Um, so I think when there's a, that little window of opportunity of the, you know, the fifth place getting Europe, I think you have to take it this year. Because it might it might go away, and I also think there's a there's a cluster of teams that could win the FA Cup, and I would put your name in that yeah. hat. I don't know what you if you're still in the League Cup or not. I can't actually remember. No, do you know what we <laughs> we had a pretty disastrous. We had, I think we were in the third round against Everton, and we just made loads of changes, and you could just tell we didn't we weren't taking it seriously. The whole the whole event as a game was just a farce, to be honest. You yeah. could tell that they just they wanted they wanted to rest their legs, and I think the fact that. We're going into the, this game, you know, at the weekend, having had a break after three games in seven days and a pretty intense run before the um, the, first, you know, the, the previous international break. I think probably suits Emery and the players. It just gives them a bit of time on the training ground because previously I think they've been 
sort of, you know, play, recover, play, recover, and you don't actually get a chance to do much tactical work and sort of, you know, b- build the long-term, you know, um, base for what you want to do in the second half of the season, especially knowing that you're going to have Moreno and, and Ramsey back soon. And then obviously, depending on if you dip into the market in, in January. Yeah. I mean, so this is the clash of the best two sides in the West Midlands and the East Midlands. And uh, I'm quite proud to say that because it's quite funny. It annoys a lot of people, doesn't it? But um, what what what's your thoughts for the game on Sunday? Um, I know you've got a game on Thursday night, I believe, haven't you? So Yeah, we have Outmar at home, which is an important one. I don't think it will make much difference to how Villa approach this one, though, if I'm honest. Yeah, where, where, where's... Where's like the weaknesses in in Villa's armor, or is there not really any at the moment? <laughs> um, I think, I suppose the, the 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 obvious weak link would be if if we overplay a little bit and we can play ourselves into trouble. But I think that that would need Forest to be very very brave, because teams have tried to step onto Villa and press high. You know, Brighton did, West Ham did. You saw what happened to them. Um. I, th- I think, respectfully, for teams like Forest and the sort of the, 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 those bottom half sides, you kind of have to sit back, bide your time, wait for Villa to make an error, and then you have to pounce. Um, and Wolves did that very well a few weeks ago at Molyneux. You know, they kind of just they sort of not necessarily parked the bus, but they were very aggressive in their own half. But they didn't try and go chasing Villa on the edge of Villa's box. They kind of let Villa have the ball, um, and when the chance comes, you, you have to take it because we, we will more than likely have a lot of the ball and control the tempo of the game. It's whether you can knock Villa sort of off that tempo and out of control. And I think probably set pieces. I think, you know, Pau Torres is phenomenal on the ball, but I don't necessarily think he's that sort of blood and thunder thoroughbred defender like a Mings who's like dominant in the air and strong. He's a different kind of player. Um, and then possibly getting at, you know, getting at the fullbacks as with, you know, a lot of sides, if you can kind of, you know, double down on, Matty Cash or Dini, but I, I think I, Forest are going to have to play really well at the moment. Anybody is to beat Villa at the moment. I think if you turn up and you're not at it, it's going to be a long afternoon. I mean, you, you'll find out when I come on to your show, Chris. But it's, we, we're <laughs> strugg- we're struggling up front like massively. I don't know if you've seen our highlights against Liverpool. I did. I, I I saw the Luton game. I yeah. saw some of the Luton game. I mean, and what, they were so what, wasteful, weren't they, in front of the goal? Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, well, Hudson Adoy is now out for a little while. Woods now out. Wunyi's just coming back from injury. And it's kind of like, well, what the right. heck do we do? Because we can't afford to get a Wunyi injured by starting him in this game, in my opinion. So it's going to be an interesting right. one. I do think we'll probably sit off you a lot in, in this game. Yeah. And like you say about with Wolves and kind of try and pounce in that sort of way. But I know that will annoy so. a lot of It'll annoy the home crowd because you, you want to get on the front foot, don't you? Really? You so, can, but I, I think. I just think you you have to be pragmatic, yeah. Sometimes, and there's there's certain teams you'll play against, and you know sometimes it'll suit going after them and putting them under pressure, and sometimes it won't. And I, I think you're just asking for trouble if you open the game up too much against Villa at the moment. The, the the thing that I am looking forward to is you're the the biggest side that's coming to us so far this season at the City Ground. Oh, okay. And, and a lot of people will say the atmosphere has been a little bit poor, but because it's that kind of big team kind of motion, notion of, of sorts. I think it will be yeah. lend itself to be a good atmosphere. And I think like Villa always bring a lot of, uh, bring a good support wherever they go. Yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it. But what's your lineup prediction for the game? Are you going to be largely unchanged? I would expect so. I think the, the only change you might expect is perhaps Bailey. 
on the wing over Zaniolo. Um, I don't think I think it, it'll be too soon for you know Ramsey and Moreno. I don't, I don't think they'll be back for a couple of weeks. Defensively and in, in goal, obviously, it pretty, it pretty much picks itself at the moment. Obviously, Conza Torres, Dina, and Cash Martin is obviously in goal. Um, you know, Kamara, Louise McGinn in the middle, Watkins. Then it's just normally the choice is if you play Diaby or the. Yeah, the only question mark is who you play on the other side. Do you play Bailey? Do you play Zaniola? That's kind of your only selection dilemma at the moment. That's fair enough. Uh, so I don't, th- I don't think, I don't think he'll change too much. Yeah. Um, prediction. I'm going to go with two one to the Villa. I, I think even though we're banging the goals in, we are actually not keeping that many clean sheets this year. <laughs> um, so I do think you might nick a goal, but I, I do think we'll, I do think we'll, you know, we'll, um, we'll get the job done. I actually have a feeling it could be a really sort of not a scrappy game, but quite attritional at times. Mm. Because I, I think it'll be sort of the you know, the midfield. I'd imagine Forrest will flood the midfield, try and swamp it, try and get amongst us, hit us on the break a little bit. Um and and Villa, we kind of we, we play the way we play now. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, we you know, we, you, everyone knows how we play now. It's a case of is you now are you good enough to stop it? But we're very confident in the minute and we're fairly clinical. Um, but our home form has been different to our away form and we've not been getting the same level of performance and results on the road. So I think Emma will be looking at this one as a real good opportunity, especially with Fulham to come the week after to go, you know, have a really good run going into the next international break. Now we've sort of got Tottenham away on the horizon and then we've got back-to-back games against City and, and Arsenal coming up as well. Right. Interesting. I mean, I do, I, I kind of agree with you in terms of how we're probably going to play. We're going to have to, it's going to be after some dark arts and some, yeah. horribleness I think from from our point of view just purely because of what we've got available up top unfortunately but uh Chris I thank you very much for your time for coming on here more well, than welcome if, if anyone wants to check out uh the my old man said podcast where can they do so uh it's on Apple and Spotify all the usual all the usual outlets cool and uh anything Brilliant. on Twitter uh, at my old man said, I think, or at old man said, there's there's two pages. There's what there's the main one, and then there's a podcast page. So if you go right. at my old man said, it'll be there. Bro, uh, are you, are you there Sunday? I'm not on Sunday. No. Oh, fair enough. No, right. I'm not. I couldn't get I couldn't get a ticket. Nah, couldn't get well. a ticket for that one. It's like gold dust getting Villa away tickets these days. Same even, as Forest. Even, 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 even with a good booking history. <laughs> same as Forrest, mate. There's, there's, I don't know if it's the same on, on the Villa timeline, but everyone has a meltdown about it. So, yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, fair enough. Pretty much. All right. Uh, thank you very much. We'll catch you on the next one. And come on, you Reds. Take care, mate. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.